about God is what? Talking about his attributes. And we're going to continue in this series. We're going to spend a few more weeks. I could spend years talking about who God is. But we're going to uh, close this in a few weeks. But I, I want to just give you a, um, an announcement. On July 26th, we're going to have an event. In this event, we are going to be able to express to you the vision that God has given us. Remember the wording, reimagining. And we have heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, not because of the virus. We've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit this past year. Been praying, fasting, and seeking the Lord. And so on the 26th of July... Uh, we will be meeting and enjoying a time together and celebrating what God is saying for Valley Community Church. Don't forget to be here next week. We are going to give you an amazing announcement. Uh, you're going to be able to hear uh, some of those new things, but on the 26th, we're going to show you how we are going to do this and in the re reimagining. We're going to give you a prophetic word of our future. A prophetic word of our future. Not like a business plan where we're going to put some things down, we're going to do it this way, hoping that we will have great success for our future. We've heard the voice of the Lord, and we're going to give you a prophetic word, proclamation of what God has said for our near future future. And again, next week, we will be making a huge announcement. We're going to continue part two. For those that have not been with us, we welcome you, but we want to say to you that we are continuing. You have notes on our webpage. You have everything that you need to be able to grab a hold of what God is saying. Every message is on our webpage. Every message is on YouTube and many different social uh, medias that you can watch. Don't forget Daily Praise that continues and it is a blessing uh, for us to be able to spend five minutes with our fine arts team and worshiping in the morning. How many of you have enjoyed that as you've watched it? Amen. A lot of hands have come up. We've been talking about that God, he is grace. And this is the second part. And I have been waiting in this whole series to talk to you about this. And so if you have heard anything in this series, hear what I'm about to tell you. And I believe it's, it is from the word, but it's straight from heaven itself. We must remember that attributes are things God is, not what God has. Attributes are things God is, not what God has. And God is grace, and we found a couple weeks, few weeks ago, that grace is power. Today, I want to deal with grace and law so that you can understand the reality. I'm going to give you a reality 
of your relationship with God. To understand the power of grace, you and I must understand the relationship between grace and law, or you won't fully understand grace. But here lies the problem. Church leaders, pastors have not taught, listen to what I'm about to say, the abundance, the riches, and the awesomeness of the grace of God. So most Christians still live under the law or an old covenant lifestyle. Now, I'm not promoting lawlessness. So when I say things about the law, I can ask you a question. Are we under the law or are we under grace? A lot of Christians will say, "Um, I don't know. Well, I'm going to show you what Scripture says. I'm not promoting lawlessness, but I am promoting a higher level of righteousness. A higher level of righteousness is what grace produces. When we live under grace, righteousness manifests in a powerful way. Righteousness is what will give you victory over the enemy victory over the difficulties and the chaos of this world. But let's answer the question today. So here's my premise in in talking to you and, and finishing talking about God is grace. What keeps us from living under grace? What thought process, what actions, what thinking keeps us from living under this grace, this power of grace. So first of all, not understanding that grace is received, not earned. Grace is received, not earned. In Romans 5, verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the, watch this, the gift of righteousness will reign. Everyone say reign. It's not talking about water. Will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So the picture is, is talking about the first Adam, which is Adam, and the second Adam, which is Christ. We reign in life through grace, through Christ, and righteousness abounds through us because of Christ. So the second part says of that verse, if you receive grace and of the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. I'm being very particular with my words because I want to build this truth from the Word of God. I want to build this because today, I spiritually am gonna slay anything that keeps you away from living a life where you reign. 
I am going to help you understand that you are victorious even though you look in the mirror and you see your life is all full of chaos, and I'm going to say it, and all full of hell. Because hell is attacking you and telling you a lie that you are not reigning. So the question is, how do you and I reign in life? How do we live this life of grace and righteousness? The answer is, according to the scripture, you have to receive abundant grace and the gift of righteousness. Now, why does the word say this? Why am I being very particular? Because I want to ask you, how many of you want to reign in life? You do. You want to live this life, and, you know, it becomes confusing when we don't understand grace and righteousness. So here lies the problem. Here's what's going on in some people's lives who love Jesus with all their heart. Most of us feel like we don't measure up. It's what we have, what we don't have, what we've done, what we haven't done. Or we think, some, we have a handle on it, then we blow it. How many of you have really been living this life for God, and then one day you really blow it? Have you ever done that? Yeah, okay. And we're right back in the dump saying, I wish I could reign. I can't reign because I'm not perfect. I'm not good enough. I can't do what God's asked me to do because I've tried and I've messed up and I've done things. Now, this is very simplistic. This is very in what I'm saying now, but I just want to be simplistic and I want to get past the emotional offense that some people have and into your spirit and your heart. And I want you to hear that God has given us himself. He lives inside us. He is grace and righteousness. We then think this way. You see, and I'm gonna call them rainers, you see people who are living in victory and you look at their life and it looks like everything's perfect for them because, you know, these rainers, they always win. You got a flat tire last week. They never get a flat tire. They never have problems with money. I mean, they return their tithe and before they walk out of the foyer, someone hands them a bundle of money. That's rainers. But, I, you know, I'm being facetious because sometimes that's how we look at what it means to be victorious with God. And we have gotten a lot of things backwards or upside down. And because of that, and the reason that is, it is a spiritual battle that the enemy wants you to not understand grace and righteousness. And to always live your life like you're living under the law. Hmm. Maybe next year I'll start reigning, you begin to think. So January 1st, you make a New Year's resolution. I will begin to reign next year. 
Our thought processes is asking ourselves, well, what do Rainers do? Well, of course, I bet they read the Bible. I bet they read the Bible a lot. That's what Rainers do. Check, I'm reading the Bible. They read an hour a day. Check, I'm going to read an hour a day. January 1st, I'm going to set my alarm for 5 o'clock a.m. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to reign with God because I'm going to do all these things that Rainers do. Well, again, I bet they pray a lot. I'm going to pray an hour a day, January 1st. Matter of fact, I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to pray. You know what? The Bible talks about praying and reading the Word. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to read 30 minutes of the Word. And I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. Because why? Next year, January 1st, I'm going to begin to live a life and do what, it, what I need to do to be a rainer. So January 1st comes along. Guess what you did December 31st? You went to a New Year's party. And you didn't get home until 2 o'clock in the morning. The alarm went off. You slept through your alarm. So listen closely. There is nothing wrong with praying and reading the Bible, but we have it backwards. My point is, we don't reign by our performance. We reign through our position. We don't reign by our performance. We reign by our position in Christ. I do, do believe those that reign in life do pray. And they do read the Bible. I do. You do. But you don't reign in life because you pray and read the Bible. It's grace and the power of grace that puts you in a position so that you reign. I know. I'm, I'm saying this to you, and you're listening to me, and you're, and you're looking at this because you've got your mask on. I can't see your facial reaction, but I can tell you that you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, what, I know, I, grace, yeah, righteousness, yeah, amen, amen, hallelujah. You know, but the law, the law, I mean, the law, it's the Bible, it's the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's what God gave. Remember last time, Jesus Christ didn't come to take away the law, but to fulfill it. So keep listening. <laughs> I do believe those that reign read the Bible and pray. I love to give. I return the tithe. I preach giving. But I am bothered what is taught on giving. They teach it backward. Luke 6.38 says, powerful verse. I believe in it because it's Scripture. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is a great, great Scripture of giving, but this is not the reason I give. 
It is not my motivation that I give and I get. Look at verse 30. Give to everyone. If, if this is your motivation, then you have to follow verse 30. I'm going to mess with you. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. So how many of you lend money and hope they don't pay you back? Borrow my car. You don't have to bring it back. No problem. I'll just get another one. Have you ever done that? If you, if you are listening to give and it will be given back to you, I'm going to give because it's going to be given back, then you also need to, when someone has a need, you need to give it to them and say, no, you can keep it. <laughs> In this chapter, Jesus is dealing with the motive for giving. Jesus says give just to give. But the result or reward is when you give with a pure heart, it will be given back to you, pressed down and shaken together. So give and God will give back is true, but it's not our motive. It is not my motive. I don't do things for people so they can like me. I do it because I'm a giver. This is the power of grace manifesting in your life. You develop a heart for God. You develop a heart that is full of the power of grace. And grace will always, remember some of the terminology, unmerited favor? Grace will cause everything that you do to return to you in abundance. That is the power of grace. And it also brings righteousness in your life. We're going to find out what that means in a moment. You have the, re the privilege to return and to give. So, why did I say all of this? Not only the Bible says it, the answer is, I don't need to pray and read the Bible to get in God's good graces. I'm already in his good graces through grace and the gift of righteousness. Stick with me, because some of you are going, oh, he's cursed, because he just said, I don't need to read the Bible or pray, because you're under the law. And you're thinking it's how good you are, and you're thinking of what you do, how much you do, how you look, how you act, is what God will do with you, and it has nothing to do. Grace is God himself coming in you and loving you and having a relationship with you and allowing your life to be full of the power of grace that you are a blessed person. Because I understand that truth I give, I read the word, I pray because I want to. It's my life. Because I understand grace 
and its relationship with me producing righteousness, I want to do all those things. And I'm not expecting anything in return. It is not my motivation is if I just pray more, God's going to answer more. If I, if I just pray, then maybe I can change God's mind. If I just do this, if I do that, if I'm good, if I, I, you know, all these different things, you are still living under the law. And what's great is that I'm going to show you something that Jesus said in a moment, and it's going to blow you away what he really was saying. See, it's because I have a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through grace, I reign because a position that I received being born a born-again believer. I am walking, being born again as a reigner. All privileges of God's word are mine because I am a child of God. I have received what grace has given and what righteousness has bestowed in my life. I reign through position in the abundance of grace and I don't work for it, I receive it. Now hang on, I'll I'll deal with that little thought you're having. So the question is, what is the gift of righteousness? The answer is, righteousness is right standing with God. And you receive that. You don't prove that. You you don't walk around and be that perfect little angel. Now, I'm not talking about lawlessness. I'm not talking, yes, we do live. We, We serve God. We walk in life. Matter of fact, you and I can never keep all of God's law at all times. So I can never be righteous by the law. Remember, the law was to get you so frustrated, you'd go to the Lord. He, God is grace, and he gives it to us. We receive it, and through the gift of righteousness, we rule and reign over every demonic spirit, over every virus, over everything that is out there, you and I reign. We have the power of grace and righteousness. Nothing can come to you and say, watch this, when you receive it and you walk in it like that, you're not walking under the law and you're receiving grace and righteousness. No matter, even if you're imperfect, you reign in Christ. And you have the power of God working in and through you. It's by position, not performance. So let me clarify something else now. Now, Scripture doesn't say no matter what you do, you reign. Sounds like that's what I just said earlier. When you sin, you are yielding your authority. That's why 1 John 1.9 is there, that you confess your sin. That when you blow it, you immediately confess your sin. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. There's your answer. You are not under law, you are under grace. So you are not under law, 
but some want to argue with this. Some want to argue with what God's trying to tell us. See, the righteousness of grace super exceeds the righteousness of the law. I'm going to say it again, and then I'm going to prove it to you. The righteousness of grace super exceeds the righteousness of the law. Matthew 5.20 says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What was the Pharisees' righteousness? The answer is the law. The law. Jesus, who is grace, says, the law says, watch this, watch this flow. The law says, don't murder your brother. I say, don't even hate your brother. You see that? Okay. The law says, don't commit adultery. Jesus, who is grace, says, don't lust in your heart. Your victory is you are in Christ. Grace, so reign by position. Now, let me give you this. Jesus in grace gives us the power to live. Instead of doing or not doing it, it is a heart issue. Instead of doing something or not doing it, something, it is a heart issue. You love Jesus, that's what grace offers. Grace offers love. Now the second reason, let's keep going, we don't live under grace is we don't understand that we have been released from the law. We've been released from the law. Romans 7.1, speaking to the Jews and today us. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives. This statement, we're going to show you what he's saying. Verse 2, for the woman, <laughs> notice it goes right to a relationship. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, watch this, the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Let's go on. Keep looking at this. Therefore, because of what I just said, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God or reign. He is saying, your first husband, 
You were married to the law. Now today, grace, you are married to Christ. What does that mean? The law could never help you do what was right. The law always tells you what you're doing wrong. The law never encourages you. The law is a bad husband. I'll say it again. The law is a bad husband. I'm loving it because I'm sensing the Holy Spirit is digging deep into your hearts. And you are being released right now from the burden of the law. Grace is perfect. Galatians 3.21 says, Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the law couldn't do that. The law can only give you the knowledge of sin. But the only one who sets you free is Jesus Christ, who is grace. See, before Christ, the law kept you in bondage under guard. That's what it says. Verse, verse 24 and 25, Galatians 3. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor or the law. We are no longer under the law. We ended our relationship with the law and we married Jesus, who is grace. But, I'm going to say that word again, but the only problem is we married the perfect husband becoming born again. His name is Jesus Christ, but we still live the lifestyle of the old husband. We still live the lifestyle of the old husband. Try that in the natural. See how that works. See, Paul says, Galatians 3, 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Holy Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh, by what you're doing? It's not performance, church. It's not my works. I can, in all truth, proclaim right now, you are victorious. Because you are under grace. You receive grace and righteousness. You are in a position to walk in this life. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard, and that is through grace. But you must know that you live under grace, not under law, because if you fight the enemy with your flesh, the law, what you can do, you will lose. And there are Christians today that are losing every day because they're fighting the enemy 
through their flesh. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, I have been adopted into a new family, and my position in that family is not based on my performance. You've been adopted in, and because you're adopted in, grace makes you perfect in that family, like you've been there forever. So the conclusion, if I receive grace and the abundance of righteousness, I will live victoriously. This is produced out of a love relationship between me and Jesus Christ. So let me finish with this example. The way I produce in the Spirit is through relationship with Christ, not the law, not what I do. Here's the example. August 29th of this year, Terry and I will have been married 39 years. I swore I would be faithful to her. See, I'm not faithful to her because I swore I would be. My swearer is not that strong. Don't look at me that way, neither is yours. Why I'm faithful to her is because I love her. I don't want to be unfaithful to her, and there is nothing in me that even thinks to go down that road because it's out of love. Love is a greater governing power than law. Love is a greater governing power than law. See, the reason I don't want to be unfaithful to my Lord and Savior is not because I swore I wouldn't. It's because I love Jesus, and I don't want to. That's grace. Everyone look at me. That's grace. That's grace. Grace produces a freedom and a righteousness in my life that law can never produce. It's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with grace, who is God. So here's the question on this series. God is what? He is grace, and he wants to marry you and live happily ever after. The power of grace causes you to reign on this earth. I love you. I'm so proud of you. All those who are sitting in your living room, wherever you are at listening to this, understand you are not under the law, but you are under grace. And because you're under grace, you are in that position to reign. Now just love him and live that life. God bless you.